If he's not your hope, then you're not living. You're just existing. And I know that uh, we, we're surrounded by a time that there are a lot of uncertainties. But we know that He is certain. Amen? He is the way maker. He is the promise keeper. And He loves us recklessly. Doesn't He? There was a lot of controversy about that particular song when it came out. About the reckless love of God. How can God be reckless? If you begin to understand the way that God loves us, reckless is just a word that we describe in His desire and ability to love us. Because He throws away a lot of stuff to love us the way we should love others. Before we get started, let's ask you all if you mind, let us pray because we need His presence. Father, we come before You tonight. Lord, I just want to thank You. I need for You to come. Lord, because I'm not enough. Will you meet me here again? Without you, Lord, I'm nothing. With you, I'm everything that you desire for me to be. Thank you for each person that's present here tonight. Thank you for our family that's traveling. And Father, I ask for mercies for them as they go, as they experience things. And Father, give them a special time. But Lord, I know that You'll speak to us right where we're at because we don't have to leave Phoenix City. We don't have to leave our homes. We don't have to leave this sanctuary for You to have an encounter with us. And tonight, Lord, I ask You to have an encounter with us. I thank You for what You shared with me. And Father, help me speak it just like You gave it to me. And Lord, let it speak to those that are here that they may go out and they may share it. And Father, for, for those that might listen to the podcast, that might not could be here physically tonight, that Your Word never ends. It has no life. It will go on forever and ever. And Lord, we just thank You for the power of it. In due season, it will accomplish what You want it to. Now Lord, we give everything over to You. For it's in Jesus' name, Amen. So, men... Howard was speaking before service tonight, and I'm thankful for Howard Barr, aren't y'all? Howard is a faithful member of Auburn Heights, the dwelling, for a number of years. Beside him sits Miss Carolyn, who's been faithful to him for a number of years, because I don't think Howard would be honest enough tonight and tell us without her, he couldn't be who he is. Now, you've all heard this, and I, I look at uh, Lila and Roy back there, police chaperone them, so they're still in that, that love stage. The great, the great testimony. Great testimony. But you know what? We can have love for our family, can't we? I look at you here tonight, and many of you have friendships which I've witnessed, and your closeness to each other as a family. It's a different than a husband and wife kind of love. It's a different than a, a, a parent and a child kind of love. It's more like a sister and more like a brother kind of love. 
We are the family of God. And I'm very thankful for y'all. I'm thankful for you. For those that might be here for the first time with us, uh, I'll invite you to come back to hear us, our, the greatest preacher in the city, maybe in the state, in the southeast, in case he's listening, maybe even the world. The man don't ride the bulls, but he owns them. So uh, just getting around him, the bulls makes him braver than me. So praise the Lord for him. But uh, as I was thinking about, and, and this is one thing that me and Howard was talking about. I like to cut up with Howard because he likes to cut up with me. Uh, back when Brother Wayne began talking to me about becoming ordained, and he told me that there will be times when I'm going to be called on to speak. So he said to be ready in season and out of season. So me and Mr. Howard started talking about seasons. You see, right now I understand that it might be turkey season. And you'll say, well, that's why Jody's up there, because he's a turkey. And, and me and him talked about, well, is it duck season? Now, I don't know if you remember the cartoon with uh, Bugs Bunny and Daffy was always talking about rabbit season. It's duck season. It's rabbit season. And me and Mr. Howard began to talk about it's rabbit season because I like to chase them which I can't catch them, but I like to chase them. And he said he did too. So together, we, we have something in common. Mr. Howard, we will chase a rabbit. But, but a verse came to mind, and it really, the Lord spoke to me in the way I understand Him. And I know that sometimes you wonder, where in the world do you get this stuff at? Take it up with the Lord, please. So, in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 3 uh, through 7, we see, So they set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Benadab, which was on the hill. And Uzzah and Aho, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill, accompanying the ark of God. And Aho went before the ark. And then David and all the house of Israel played music before the Lord, on all kinds of instruments of firwood, on harps and string instruments and tamarines and sistrums and on cymbals. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it for the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah and God struck him there for his terror, for his error, excuse me, and he died there by the ark. When I heard this, the Lord spoke to me something that I'm working on in my life. I always like to ask questions. So I brought a question here tonight to ask you guys. How are you carrying it? We all have an it. I'm not sure if you know that. We're carrying something. We're dealing with something. We have an it. I don't know about you, but I have been one of those people that stepped in it. Okay? And that it can be a lot of different things. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was going to wear a particular pair of shoes, and I got them out, and I didn't realize that I had stepped in gum. And, uh, and fortunately, it was the kind of tread that gum likes to pack in real tight. And I'm always thankful to people that chew gum and throw it out on the parking lot. 
because I'm going to be that guy that will pick it up, but not with my hand, but with my foot. And so I was lucky enough to have a pair of shoes on that it stuck all in the tread of it. And I worked on that for a while. And for a while, I was frustrated. But I had stepped in it. And if it would have been hotter, I probably could have got it off quicker. So I tried different things. I finally got it off. I had much worse. But it brought to the thought that we're carrying something right now. Right now, and I really didn't know that we were going to have all this going on during this week in our country. I had no idea. Because this was a few weeks ago that the Lord uh, brought this question to me. But I think it ties together. You see, we're facing stuff in this room. I'm looking at people here. We know of people in this family. I have someone in my family who's dealing with cancer. That's a word that, if you don't know how to carry it, right, Mrs. Young? If you don't know how to carry it, 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 it will wreck your world. It might even end your world. Okay? Now, we've got a virus that's going around. Medically, we can't refute that. Technically, we got a lot of viruses that are going around. We can't refute them, right? But are we going to be fearful to operate in life because there are things going around? Now, I'm not suggesting in any way, as, as, as Brother Rodney brought out this morning, I'm not suggesting that we handle it lightly. I'm not suggesting that there's anything wrong with those people that can't handle it. I'm only going to suggest that if you can handle whatever it is for you, then there's somebody out there that needs help understanding how to carry it. You see, we can do it a couple ways. As we look in uh, 1 Samuel, in chapter 6, 1 Samuel, and verse 7, I'll find my spot here. Now therefore, make a new cart, make two milk cows, which have never been yoked, and hitch the cows to the cart, and take their calves away home, away from them. Then take the ark of the, uh, of the Lord, and set it on the cart, and put the articles of gold which you are returning to him as trespass offerings in a chest by its side. Then send it away, and let it go. You see, the world, that was the Philistines at that time, had captured the Ark of the Covenant. Now, we remember the Ark of the Covenant that, that God had told Moses to build. And in the Ark of the Covenant are some important things. The Ten Commandments were placed in there, the tablets of the Ten Commandments. Aaron's rod, which had budded, and some manna had been put in there. And the Philistines had been battling Israel for a while. And they discovered that the reason why Israel was always gaining victory is because of the presence of the Lord. And so they thought if they got the Ark of the Covenant, then they would take the power of God away from the Israelites. And so there was a war that broke out. And they didn't seek the Lord before they fought the war. They just went and got the Ark of the Covenant, and they took it out. And then the Philistines routed them, and they took the Ark of the Covenant. So when the Philistines got the Ark of the Covenant, they took it back, and they thought, well, we'll just put it and do with it what we want to. And if you read that story in, in 1 Samuel, we'll see that the Lord 
moved mightily to defeat their god Dagon. So after they discovered that the many things were afflicting them, that we need to get rid of this. We don't need the Ark of the Covenant here. Now we've heard about the power that God has given the Israelites where He parted the Red Sea and He defeated all these nations and wiped them all out. And so we don't want Him to do that to us. And we don't even have to have the Israelites. It's really His presence. And so what we're going to do is we're going to find two cows and we're going to build a, a, a cart and we're going to put this on it and we're, we're going to put them on the road. And if God is really for them, then the cows are going to walk down this road and it's going to take it back to them. But if He's really for us, then they'll just do whatever. So if you read that story, we see the cows took the cart back. So... The world has a system that it wants to operate in. And it's not the same as God's. You see, God told uh, the Israelites how to carry the ark. See, in, in Exodus chapter 25, in verse 12, as God gave Moses the instructions on all the things that he should build, this is what he said, You shall cast four rings of gold for it, and put them in its four corners. Two rings shall be on one side, and two rings on the other side. And you shall make poles of achia wood, and overlay them with gold. You shall put the poles into the rings of the sides of the ark, that, a, that you may carry them, that the poles should be in the rings of the ark, and they shall not be taken from it. You see, God had given instructions on how to move, how to carry the ark of the covenant. He never said, put it on a cart. Now, when I was with you before, we talked about the priests when they came to the, to the Jordan River, before they went into Jericho. And he told Joshua to tell the priest to take the Ark of the Covenant and step out into the Jordan River. And as soon as their feet touched the water, it stopped. And they walked out in the middle. And the whole army went across on dry ground. God established a way to deal with it. See, whatever it is that we're dealing with, God has already, in His Word, given us the pattern of the way to carry it. Any problem you face, did He not tell us, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. We live in a day and a, and a time where we are struggling to understand the love between humanity. I heard a story this morning that somebody told about uh, an incident that went on over this incessant need to buy toilet paper. That somebody took a bottle and broke it and stabbed them with a broken bottle because they took the toilet paper. Okay? I'm not sure about you, but I don't see love in that at all. I don't see love in the people that went into the, the stores and completely wiped out everything. Okay? I don't see that. Because of the way they treat each other. Surely you've been to some of these stores during Christmas time or the Black Friday 
which is about like the Black Plague, you know, when you go shopping because there's always these incredible deals and you've got to get there first. And, and you know, how many stories have we heard how these employees of stores have been trampled because people wanted to get in just to get a deal? And so we see in a lot of ways how love is not being shown. And what about sound mind? We live in a, in a time right now where it seems like everybody's lost their mind. Okay? So where's the soundness in that? But He's told us who we believe in Him because He did say, I am the way maker. Right? Has He not made us a promise? I will keep you and never forsake you. He's a promise keeper. How we operate. You see, that we, we have ways that we'll carry it, don't we? There, there are ways that we'll carry stuff. I think Moses is a tremendous example of that. We see in, this, in Exodus chapter 18 something that we can learn tremendously. But we know in this story before we lead into these verses that uh, Moses had brought the people back. His father-in-law Jethro came with his wife and his two sons and they come and met and they had a good meeting, a family time. And as they were spending time together, Moses had to go perform his duties, which he was going to set before the nation. And they come and brought all their problems. We pick up in verse 17. So Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing that you do is not good, but you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. For this thing is too much for you. You are not able to perform it by yourself. Some of us may be carrying something by ourselves. Now, each of us have different physical abilities. And we have a capacity which we can comfortably carry a certain amount of weight. But there comes that moment when there's a weight beyond what we're comfortable with and we can't carry it. I'm not sure if you've ever tried to carry a rectangular table. Now, I've picked up the portable kind the plastic ones, collapse the legs, put them in place, I can pick it up. Because they don't weigh a lot. I've even had to pick up some of those particle board tables that are no fun, extremely heavy. But then, there have been times when I needed to move something as important as the dining room table. And I couldn't pick it up by myself. Now, I could get it out, but a lot of damage would be done. A lot of injury to me personally would be done. Uh, how many of you have ever picked up something that you shouldn't have and you pulled muscles you didn't realize you had and then the next little while you determined, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Now, we all have a certain level of what we can handle. God said He would never put on us more than we could bear. He never said, though, that He won't put on more on us than our family can bear. You know, most tables have four legs. And it's designed that way 
to be able to distribute the strength so that the weight can be held up. If you've ever set anything on a table that had a weak leg, the weight always finds that spot, doesn't it? And then everything that's been put on it usually is collapsed in the floor. Typically something's lost that you wish you wouldn't have. And now there's some of us in here maybe tonight, and some of you may be listening, there's some people in our family that's trying to carry something that's too much for them. But I know God has put people in this place, in this family, and gifted in such a, such a way that He's given us the strength that we'll just come together, that we will be able to help whoever it is that's carrying it the wrong way. And then I think we can find in the story uh, in Mark chapter 2, Verse 3 through 5. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men, and when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let him down, let down the bed in which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, not his faith, but their faith. He said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. See, we can be in that group as a carry it with purpose. Whatever the it is. When you have the passion and the compassion, when you have the calling, and when you have the prodding of the Holy Spirit, to help someone else. See, these, as we know in this story, there have been commentators that said these four guys didn't even know the person. I don't know if that's true or not. But here's one thing I do know. If they had heard about the healing power of Jesus, and they knew that He could help him, and all they needed to do was get him there. Okay, if he's paralyzed, he's not taking himself. Okay? He's not carrying it. But they had the calling on them and the passion on them that they wanted to see a change in Him, so they decided to do their part and to pick up a corner. Brother Wayne did a service here, if y'all remember, where we enacted this very Scripture where he told us Challenge us, would we pick up our part? We had a bed and four people came at a time and picked up their corner. And he challenged us, will we be that kind of person that will pick up our spot when needed? When we see people out here in the world, will we, will we, the challenge. He's asking us, will we be compassionate enough to see that their need is so great that they can't deal with it themselves? Will we get enough people around us that we can bring them here if we had to physically carry them? You see, if we were in that mindset, we would be bringing friends with us every time we come. But see, every time we come, 
We invite the Holy Spirit to be here. And the ability to heal is here. It's not based on our ability. Some of you may be gifted to heal. And maybe we don't know that yet. There are some, I do believe it's in this body, that God is gifted with the gift of healing. Okay? But He's gifted all of us with the ability to bring people to the healer. When somebody comes in here, like Lala has prayed, for those who are challenged with the ability to have children, and God has prompted her to speak a word, because this is a mother who has had the privilege to have two children. I'm blessed to be married to a beautiful woman who God gifted us with many children. And yet, if I'm not compassionate about those that He's brought here that are not able to have children, where am I at? For those who have experienced the, the power of God in your life, and you've seen God cure cancer, when somebody comes in here that's carrying it all by themselves, you can carry the faith of God and you can carry the experience that He's given. And four of you can come together and bring them closer. That's how powerful it is. We have a purpose. But then, we see in, in Mark 15, verse 21, I think the most important thing, then they compelled a certain man Simon Cyrenian, the father of Alexander Rufus, as he was coming out of the country and passing by to bear his cross. They brought him, that him is Jesus, to the place Golgotha was translated, the place of a skull. See, I see two people in that story. I see two people who are carrying it for someone else. You see, Simon, I don't, I don't think in John he mentions him, but Simon helped Jesus actually tote the cross that they nailed him to. But also in that story we see that Jesus toted the cross that we were supposed to bear. That we should have been crucified on. And yet, He toted it for someone else like me. We're living around people that do not know that. And we're gifted with having the knowledge and a Savior that will not just save us, but will save everyone else if we just carry it to them. He will do the same. Will you stand to your feet? These next days, you see, I'll keep saying this. I know y'all get tired of me saying stuff over and over again, but last Sunday night we were here and God gifted us 
168 hours of this week so we can look back and we can see what happened in those 168 hours. Did we carry it well? I pray that when we come back next Sunday night at the same time, that will mean that He granted us 168 hours. We do not know what's going to lie in our time ahead of us. But I do know this, that God is in it. If He allows us to live these next 168 hours, I promise you that somebody you come in contact with needs to know how are you carrying it. How are you carrying God? How are you carrying the truth? How are you carrying all this stuff that's going on around? So my challenge is to you, you're going to carry it right. Let us pray. Father, right now, I thank You for an opportunity to speak. But most importantly, Lord, I thank You for speaking to me. I thank You for Your presence. And Father, I thank You for the strength and the numbers that You brought tonight. And Father, I thank You for the opportunities that's going to lay in our path during this week. And Father, right now, I ask You for the boldness of each person that's in here that would receive Your strength to be able to carry whatever it is as they go through this week. Lord, if it's their opportunity to help somebody pick up a corner to bring that person who's paralyzed by the system of the world to You, is it someone that we might face that doesn't know You as the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper? If it might be somebody that doesn't know how reckless You love us, Father, help us be a reflection of You every moment forward. For it's in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen.